Hello, this is Herb Gray. I'd like to welcome you to another edition of the Ambassadors Forum weekly radio program. We'd like to thank KPDQ 800 AM, True Talk Radio, for making this possible every Saturday morning at 9.30 AM. As you may recall from recent broadcasts, the Ambassadors Forum is an apologetics ministry of Southwest Hills Baptist Church in Beaverton, Oregon. And our mission is to equip Christians to make God known as he is. So if you'd like more information about the ministry and who we are, please check out theambassadorsforum.com for more information. As I said, my name is Herb Gray. I'm a founding member of the Ambassadors Forum. As was true in the past two programs, I'm joined by my son, Joel Gray, who's a 2016 graduate of George Fox University and someone who is a scholar in his own right. So we've been having a series of discussions about critical race theory and where it comes from. So in the first program, we talked about the Marxist origins of that and how Joseph Stalin and others like him really created an influence that continues in our culture today. Then in the last program, we talked about the response of many people, particularly parents, who have not been happy with CRT being taught in public schools, which has resulted in a response that takes the form of a variety of anti-CRT bills that have been introduced in a number of states. So the last time we talked about that and some problems with that approach, what we'd like to do today is to continue that discussion and suggest some other biblically-based alternatives to the anti-CRT bills that we've been talking about and suggest other ways that people might be able to have a more positive impact to blunt the impact of this dangerous ideology. So with that, I'd like to bring Joel into the conversation. And Joel, we had quite a, quite a discussion about how the anti-CRT bills may not be getting the job done, either legally or being persuasive. So do you have any thoughts about maybe some different approaches that we might want to take? encouraging people in a biblical response to the CRT ideology? Yeah, we're going to focus on a few different ideas, but I think one important thing to remember is that there are many, many things you could do. We just don't have time to discuss all of them, but you should certainly think of your own ideas as well. The first thing I would like to suggest is that you as an adult or an, you know, an upper teen really need to educate yourself on proper history and theology, educate yourself on the Bible, educate yourself on politics, so that you can know what the truth is and are capable of sharing it with others, and so that you have a fundamental base from which to fairly reject all of these ideas and also where you yourself are not racked by doubts over what's true. You know, healthy skepticism is important, and I would always encourage it, but there's a difference between that and just not knowing enough to be confident in your beliefs. So do you have an idea about whether or not people 
within the body of Christ currently are sufficiently knowledgeable about history or theology? In other words, do they have a good handle on what they believe and a good knowledge base to work from to begin with? I think they often do not. I don't think we catechize children very well and often not adults either as you know the Christian faith though certainly some churches do a much better job I think you know as always I think it's a very good idea to start with the Bible and you know I would recommend finding a scholar or two on theology that you respect and can learn from even if you don't 100% agree with them I, for example, really like N.T. Wright. He's a former Anglican bishop. I don't always agree with him, but I find him really informative and thoughtful. But there are plenty of good scholars and resources for good theology, in addition to, obviously, the Bible. And Well, wouldn't... Oh, excuse me. One thing that, I guess, jumps out at me is... The whole idea of people, first of all, coming to terms with what the Bible says about truth and who is authoritative in their lives. In other words, who do they listen to? Is it God or somebody else? Yeah, I think that is important. Tafik is saying Christians have struggled with. I, it's a big focus of the Pauline epistles is you should believe this person, you shouldn't believe this person, here's why. And I think one thing you want to be sure of is that you never put any human being on the same plane as God, whether they're a political philosopher or a theologian or your pastor. There are many people with very good ideas, but none of them are God, none of them are infallible. And it's never wrong just to have a doubt or to question what they are saying. Sure. Well, if we think about different parts of the Bible, I mean, it starts in Genesis with God creating everything and creating people in his own image to be image bearers. And certainly Jesus says, you know, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. So my takeaway from that would be that people need to not only know those things intellectually, but also really believe in them and sort of base their thinking upon those truths rather than just kind of storing them away as separate pieces of information. Yeah, and I think even something to be really helpful with that sometimes can just be reading the Bible in different ways, you know, like absolutely certain verses are important, but you know, try reading individual verses, try reading whole chapters, try reading whole books. There's no single right or wrong way and you get different things out of all of those. Well, and one other thing that we at the Ambassadors Forum talk about a lot is not so much making statements, but asking questions. So even as maybe we develop our own questions about certain things, to become accustomed to asking those questions and trying to seek out the answers. And that can also be a good approach when you're talking to somebody who may have no faith background at all, who thinks that 
Marxism is the way to go or CRT is the be-all and end-all that should guide all knowledge and education today. So certainly we could think about some questions about CRT, for example. Do we believe that there's really only one perspective and what's the origin of that perspective? Is it something that's consistent with the Bible or is it not consistent with the Bible? Is it based on humans and what they think or is it based on something that's revealed by God? Just some basic questions like that probably would help get most of us down the road pretty well in coming to terms with what we should think about CRT or anything else that may be contrary to God's Word. So I hear you saying that we need to have a better understanding of history and theology, and we have to know what we believe, and we need to sort of consider the source of what it is that we claim to believe. What other ideas do you have about what we need to be paying attention to? So the second one, you know, pertaining to schools, especially since that's often a, you know, a special focus because it's a time when your kids are away from you and they're being taught many, many things. A really important thing to do is to be aware of the official curriculum and what's being taught in your kids' classes because those are not always the same thing. And it doesn't have to be, you know, surveillance state. You don't have to be obsessed, but, you know, just ask your kid generally what's going on. Read almost every school district will post online at some point or another what they use for their curriculum. States have defined curriculums as well. Just take a look and see what is officially being taught and then, you know, check in with your child to see what's being taught in classrooms. Well, didn't the, a lot of the anti-CRT bills that we were talking about last time kind of result from parents being informed and not liking what they'd found out? Yeah, exactly. And a lot of what they found, even though, you know, we said that there are serious constitutional issues with some of these anti-CRT bills, a lot of the behavior that was brought to light that that influenced the bills is still improper and should be fought on its own. This legislation just isn't the best way to do it necessarily. But if your child's being told they should feel lesser because they're a race or that they need to feel guilty because what someone else of the same race did at some point, you should absolutely reject that and you know, take that to the school, the school board and complain because that's not, that's crossing a serious line. Well, I mean, one thing that strikes me as perhaps a flaw in that approach is if you oppose what a government message is, is the antidote to that to force the government to say a different message isn't the problem having the government be the determining factor on what is taught or how it's taught. And so people really need to look beyond just the government, whether it's schools or the enactment of various laws. Government's not really going to be the answer here, is it? No. If we're really really trying to influence human hearts and minds, 
the government is not going to be able to tell everybody what to think or feel. No, and I think that is important. But, you know, when we're focusing on schools, they obviously do have a big impact. And your child is almost certainly compelled to attend school through at least 16 of some kind. It doesn't have to be a government school, but they are compelled to be schooled in some fashion. And I think, you know, paint under the curriculum and intervening if there's something inappropriate can be really powerful tools. In addition, I think something that's in education that's not talked about enough is sharing additional information beyond the curriculum that you believe is important with your child. You know, if you think there's a really important book, have them read it or explain a concept to them or take them to a political talk or a theological talk and get them involved so that they're not just getting information from a single source like a government school or a specific teacher. So you're not suggesting something crazy like that parents ought to talk to their kids and have discussions about these subjects, are you? As much as it may scare some parents, yes, you may have to talk to your children. <laughs> Especially with teens, I know that can be terrifying, but it may be necessary. So just in terms of your own experience, is that something that happened with you, or did you kind of figure some of this stuff out on your own? It was definitely a mixture for me. You in particular did share a lot of information with me and political ideas, history. But by the same token, I found a lot of it interesting enough that I would look things up on my own. I was very lucky to be growing up in the unfettered age of YouTube where there was lots of things posted that probably wouldn't be now. For example, an entire lecture series from Milton Friedman on economics and many, many other topics. And I was lucky enough to find some of that information. But I think a parent really has a big role to play in setting up intellectual curiosity in their kids and in helping to foster it especially when sometimes schools tend to kill intellectual curiosity for one reason or another. So we know that there are lots of places in Scripture, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, where parents are admonished to teach their children about God's ways when they rise up, when they lie down, as they're coming and going, and so on like that. And... I mean, what I really picked up from what you said is that we should be trying to encourage a healthy curiosity about things and not just rely on someone else to be the, the source of information for kids. So it's really incumbent upon parents in particular and other adults in general to pass on good information to the next generation. Yeah, I mean, I think ideally you should be able to trust the schools to do that or your pastor to do it, but ultimately you can't always. And, you know, ultimately it's your child and you're the only one who, 
you know, really cares for them in that very special way. And the only one who's there for their entire life is a minor for the most part. So, so let's assume that people have become aware of what's being taught in schools and they have talked to school officials and expressed their concerns about that. And they've run into a brick wall or been met with deaf ears. What other things, in addition to what we've talked about, should parents be thinking about in terms of addressing what they consider to be an unhealthy situation for their child? Well, I think you always need to keep in mind, you know, sort of the nuclear option, so to speak, which is you can pull your kids out of the state schools. That is very difficult for a lot of parents for a variety of reasons. And I think there's real value in protecting what schools are public schools are are teaching and trying to make it conform to the truth to a degree. But ultimately, sometimes it may be necessary to pull your kids out. And that can look like a lot of different things. That can mean that you are homeschooling your kid if you and your family have that ability. It can mean you join a homeschool co-op where there may be other parents who are more capable of teaching or of teaching specific topics. And, of course, there are many, many private schools in this country, both religious and not religious. And because they, at those schools, you're a customer and you're not just someone whose money they already have, you can often make a bigger impact. So I think there are many, many school choice options in this day and age, thankfully. But you... You should really you know, investigate them if you're reticent about your current schools and see what might work best for you because it won't be the same for every child or every family. Well, what you're really talking about is this is hard work and sometimes it costs money. So as we think about that, I mean, I think that's when we have to take our responsibilities particularly as parents, but also as adults who are called upon to make disciples. Um, We need to be ready to do that. So as we kind of wind down here, I thought maybe it'd be helpful to summarize. A lot of the ideology that we're talking about here comes from human beings, and it's generally contrary to the Bible. So one of the problems that we have is considering the source of where a popular theory or type of worldview comes from. So we need to be aware of things like that and evaluate the source of things and evaluate them against the filter of Scripture and see if they're consistent with God's Word or not. You also mentioned that we need to be properly schooled in history, so it's not just a matter of having good theology, but we have to understand how these things have played out in the past. One of the things I've learned over time is the more people think that they've come up with brand new ideas, the more they're really retreads of old theories. 
We've talked about the importance of passing good information and having good discussions uh, to the next generation and constructive ways to talk to school officials. And if that doesn't work, then to consider other educational options. So we've got about three minutes left here, but do you have any parting thoughts on any of this as we wrap up this third in a series of discussions about CRT? Yeah, bringing this all back around, you know, CRT, Stalin, I do want to give a quick shout out again to that book, which is called Stalin by Stephen Kotkin. It's a three-volume biography that's very good and very illuminating. But I think what you should learn from that book, what you should learn from our discussions, what you should learn from critical race theory is that you should be aware of secular ideologies that provide all the answers, whether that be Stalin or CRT or something else. They often are pushing God, religion, Christians to the periphery. And it's really important to remember that truth comes from God and is revealed to us through the Bible. There is a lot of very important secular knowledge to be gained outside the Bible. I really care about that deeply and I don't like when Christians demean secular knowledge. I think there's a lot of very important knowledge. But we need to remember that secular knowledge has limits. It you know, ultimately cannot teach you truth in the same way God can. And it, it simply can't explain everything. And it often makes the unfortunate mistake of setting up false idols, whether they be people or thoughts that draw you in and lead you astray. Yeah. Well, with that, we're going to have to wind up this interesting discussion of something that's a big deal in our culture today. I'd just like to thank all of those listening for joining us again on KPDQ 800 AM True Talk Radio. I'd just like to encourage you to listen in on future talks presented by the Ambassadors Forum. If you want to know more about the Ambassadors Forum, we have a variety of different activities that are discussed on our website, which again is theambassadorsforum.com. We have a program coming up, one of our Pridey Forums, on August 20th, this coming Friday, which will address genocide in the Old Testament. And we have our annual conference coming up in October on the 8th and 9th. So more information, again, is available on our website. We hope that you have learned a little something about not only CRT, but a godly response to it. We hope we have helped you to know God better as he is not as people say he is. And in closing, I'd just like to thank you again for joining us with the Ambassadors Forum. And thank you to my son, Joel, for being a part of these programs. And on behalf of all of us at the Ambassadors Forum, we just wish you a good day and a goodbye. Thank you. Thank you.